guys, if it is your first time listening to She Is Becoming, welcome to the show. We are a podcast of multi-generational women studying God's word, and our anthem and our goal is to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. My name is Delaney, I am one of your co-hosts, and I am here in the studio with my amazing co-host, Bev, and if you haven't listened to our last um, episode on leadership, you definitely should. You can find all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and the Grace Church app, or you can follow us on Instagram at She Is Becoming Podcast. Bev, how good was that last episode on leadership? It was um, so helpful. We saw so many amazing things uh, in the life of Moses and his leadership and his good points and even a few bad points. Yeah, that's and we so can true. learn so much. And leadership is for everyone. We all have influence somewhere in our lives. So it's exciting to to really watch a, a biblical character like Moses uh, go through these different scenes of his life. Yeah, it's super cool. And so if you haven't listened to it, please go listen to it. It was super good. But here we are. We are preparing our Christmas episode today. So early, happy Happy. Merry Christmas, Bev. Thanks, Delaney. Merry so, Christmas to you. It's and a hey, little early, but Merry Christmas. Yeah, and this is what I need to say. People, listeners, Christmas is not canceled. Yay! <laughs> God bless. You heard it here first, <laughs> right, folks. Right. Everything has been canceled, but not Christmas. Amen. Uh, Christ came in the worst of times for Israel, and Christ is going to come and it's going to be a Christ-filled Christmas There as is well. no stopping him. No Ooh. corona cr- or not. <laughs> well, Christmas is just around the corner, just a few weeks away here. And Christmas can create so many emotions in us. To name a few, like excitement. It is exciting. It's it, super exciting. It's joyful. Oh, yeah. But there's also an aspect to it that creates loneliness, anxiety, want. And if something in our life is not right, it makes it even less right, right, <laughs> because right. of the of the focus on the holiday when everyone seems so happy. Our lives can really spin out of control unless we give Christmas some focus. Mm. So that's where we're going this morning, uh, listeners. Is we're going to be talking about Christmas focus. Yes, we have to be deliberate. We can't just be swept away with the hype of materialism and busyness, and then we ignore the person we say we're celebrating. You know, we call Christmas a holiday, but it could it be more of a holy time or a holy day I love instead that. of just a holiday. Yeah. That is so benign, and it right. doesn't even begin to um, capture the true meaning of Christmas. Mm, amen. So today we're going to share how we keep our focus on Christ during Christmas. It is a struggle, and we have found we need to be intentional, and we need to do some planning. So our focus needs to be directed to the source of our joy at Christmas, and that focus, of course, is in knowing Christ. You know, culture has turned Christmas into just, oh, a sweet, syrupy little story about a Mm -hmm. baby, or they just turn it into a commercial bonanza. It's amazing you can't have a Christmas tree in a schoolroom, but you sure can have them at the mall. (laughs) Very bizarre. Yeah, yeah, because they they want you to shop. Yeah. Now, for hedonists, these are people who love just the fleshy indulgences. Christmas has become the ultimate, all the holiday parties, the indulgence, out of control spending, gluttony. And yet, the irony is, the Christ child we say we celebrate was born in a stable and laid in a feeding trough. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up, too, because, like, how true is it that, like, culture always tries to hijack what, you know, what, what something is about, like, the Christian meaning of something? 
like Christmas. They're trying to hijack it and they're making it about something it's totally not. No, it's about retail. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the Hallmark Channel. Mm-hmm. Hallmark cards. Well, let's not pick on Hallmark. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love Hallmark. Nothing I against you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, but, you know, it's so true that, like, staying focused amidst, like, Christmas craziness has everything to do with the one who we are focusing on, which is Jesus. And we're just going to dive a little bit into the story of Christmas and talk about some specific characters in the Christmas story that stayed focused on the main thing, which is Jesus Christ. Like, I just want to keep, like, let's just keep nailing it in. It's Jesus Christ. So let's observe how the wise men remained focused in their pursuit of Jesus. So in Matthew 2, it actually tells us that the wise men traveled from the east following a star to meet Christ. And they figured Jesus is king, so let's go look at in the palace for him. So they asked King Herod where to find Jesus because they want to worship him. And Herod obviously is not happy about this. And he tries to trick the wise men by saying like, I'm not sure where this Jesus is. Go find him and let me know where he is so I can worship too. And the wise men left the palace and they're continuing to follow the star. And they actually find Mary and Joseph, or Mary and Jesus underneath the star And it says in Matthew 2.10 that they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. I love that. And that Mm -hmm. they fall on their knees before Jesus and worship him. And Jesus was young at this point. So the fact that they were like falling at his knees, they recognized him as a king is like so cool to me. And so they give him gifts, the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. And then God actually warns him in a dream not to tell Herod where they found Jesus. And they go back to their country by another way, it says in scripture. So there's just a couple of observations we have from this part in the Christmas story. First is that the wise men traveled a great distance and a great deal to meet Jesus. They actually looked intently for him and they came prepared with gifts and they were ready to worship him. I mean, right when they saw him, they fell on their knees to worship him. So I think their purpose was clear, certain, and focused. They want to worship Jesus, the King of Kings, Lord of hosts. And during this Christmas season, is that our focus? Are we focused more focused on gift wrapping and giving um, of presents, of toys, or whatever it is, than on worshiping Christ. And it's also clear that they know who Christ is, that he is a king and he is worthy of praise. And they also bring him gifts worthy of a king. And um, so even the way that they give is intentional and it's focused. So is that how you treat Jesus as your king? Or is he something that you take off the shelf and dust off once a year during Christmas, maybe Easter, and then you don't think about him again all year? And you can also tell from the story just how obedient like the wise men were. First, they follow a star into a new country, which shows some serious obedience. Then they obey the dream God gave them not to tell Herod where Jesus was. And so you can like just continually tell how focused on being obedient they were. And um, I think this just shows us too, like, who are you being focused on? Because that's who you're, like, if you're being obedient to God, then you're focused on him. Like, the two, there's such a correlation there. And so if you're focused during Christmas is Christ, like, you will be obedient to him. And it might play out for you like this, like, when you're feeling overwhelmed with the long Christmas to-do list or, like, you're reminding yourself of, but, like, are you reminding yourself of truth, praying for strength and casting your anxiety on God, as the Bible tells us? Like, is that what you're doing by being obedient instead of worrying about the anxiety and the loneliness? Like you said, Bev, like, are you speaking truth to yourself? 
And then it might play out for you like this. Like if you have a relative that's maybe really bugging you, ticking you off a little bit about a, or about a polarizing conversation, like are you responding lovingly? And are you speaking the truth in love? Like your obedience reveals who you are focused on. Oh, I love that illustration because that happens at so many uh, tables over the Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays. Well, wonder and focus. How about the shepherds? Yeah. They had some great focus. Totally. Um, I love the distinction between these two groups of people. So we have these wise men, and they came to Jesus after the stable scene. The, Jesus was a young child at this point. But who were the first ones to go to Jesus? It was these lowly shepherds. So we have the wise men, the wealthy men of status, and we have the shepherds who were considered the lowest of the low because they worked with unclean sheep, mm. and they were not able to keep all the regulations of the temple. So they were considered unclean. And this really shows us that all people, regardless of our station, our class, our money, what we have, how we look, we all need Christ. Mm -hmm. It shows us that Christ is not just the God of the wealthy or the poor. He is God, period. Amen. So the very first announcement came to shepherds, the unclean ones were given the heavenly visions of these angels coming, lighting up the sky. Can you imagine this? It's dark. I mean, they didn't have much for lights, probably, except a fire. Yeah. And then to have the sky light up with this angel making this pronouncement, and then a whole choir of angels coming and, unbelievable. and declaring yeah. and praising God. Wow. Oh, my goodness, that must have been quite the sight. Um, they were given the privilege to be the first to see and to bow down to Jesus Christ. The shepherd's focus was sudden, and it caused them to praise God and immediately go to Jesus. Mm. Their focus remained on Jesus as they then, after they saw Christ, they went out and they told others what they had seen and what they had heard. So I need to ask myself after reading this account again, is the birth of Jesus old news to me? Mm. Have I lost my wonder, my praise, and giving glory to God for this great miracle of miracles? God has come to earth born as a baby to be my savior, my savior. Yeah. The incarnation is the greatest thing to happen to mankind. Have I made it just another holiday? I want to recapture my focus on Christ at Christmas. And like the shepherds, take the opportunity that Christmas brings to tell others. Yeah, we don't want that commercialized Christmas. We want the Christ Christmas. We do, but, you know, again, it takes that planning and a, a deliberate um, making an effort to, to focus there. For sure. Now, we know as parents and as witnesses to the wonder of Christ that Christmas really is an opportunity to share Christ with others. It's an opportunity for us and those around us really to grow in our love and knowledge of Christ. Isn't that a novel idea? That Christmas could be a time of growth <laughs> wow. in our faith. So let's focus now on some practical ways that we can do this. Yes. Um, I have raised three children who are all adults now and parents themselves. We have 10 grandchildren. So Delaney, have we tried to do this over 40 years, <laughs> of more than that, 44 years. So Christmas of, is a festivity at your house. <laughs> it is. It's been 44 years of trying a lot of different things in order to have it be a teaching time, a time to grow in our faith and our family. So some of the things that I've done in order to keep Christ in our Christmas um, was Advent calendars are very helpful, or Christmas devotionals that you can do with the family uh, together. 
I also loved compiling a list of prophecies and going over that with the children, how they were fulfilled. I really Mm. feel that's faith building. I love that. And then you can look at the symbols of of Christmas. Lights, trees, candy canes, gifts, all can be related back to the story of that first Christmas. And so if you can make those symbols be more than just candy and pretty lights, but what they stand for as it relates to Christ. We also had to limit the wish list with our children. We said three gifts. And so this really helps keep expectations in line. Jesus got three gifts. They're going to get three gifts. Also helps us if we planned our giving budget. You know, it's very easy as a mom. I could just get anagramma now. I could just yeah. get so carried away oh, with totally. giving. Oh, I'll just get them one more thing and one more thing. And, you know, I'm putting things in the stocking and trying to cheat that way. So right. it's only three gifts. I mean, it's, you know, we fool ourselves. And so try to keep with our budget. It will make Chris, uh, Christmas a lot more Christ-focused. So true. So plan the giving budget. Pray for those who send you a, a Christmas card. Keep them in a basket. And as a family, you can pray for them. We always did a birthday cake for Jesus. I'll never forget. That's cute. We were on a trip, and we I put in the order at the bakery for a birthday cake, and I, I said, please write on there, happy birthday, Jesus. And we get it, and they have misspelled Jesus. They did not. Yes, they did. They did yes, they, true story. True story. That's hilarious. Yeah. But that birthday, it, it helps children connect that it's, it's his birthday. Also, reading Christmas books is wonderful, really good ones. Uh, Christmas music. I took all of our children, Paul and I took all of our children to the Handel's Messiah at hmm. symphony for a symphony. And uh, I wanted to give them the gift of that music. And then I gave them, in those days, CDs of yeah. <laughs> Handel's yeah. Messiah. It's my favorite music. And I s- tell you, I'm going to hear that in heaven. I just know it. That's amazing. And then also serving others helps to recapture the joy of giving. Um, and then make a, your conversation with your kids rather than saying, what do you want? Ask them, what are you going to be giving instead of getting? Right. Uh, invite people to share in your celebrations. Uh, have them, you know, create an atmosphere where there's empathy and, and uh, compassion for others who might be suffering at Christmas. I love the idea of Christmas coffees. That's something that Grace has done and Joyce Bateman has done here at Grace Church and worldwide, really. They're wonderful. I have spoken at a few of those where you challenge, you bring in your neighbors and you share the Christmas story and an opportunity to receive Christ. Totally. So that really keeps you focused as well. Then one year with all the grandchildren, all 10 of them, we reenacted the Christmas story. I, I made felt costumes and all, and we just had the sweetest time and the kids were so happy to actually walk in it and, and be so a wise cute. man to be the oh. baby. We used a laundry basket for the, yeah. the, the crash. It was, it that was sweet. That is so precious. Another thing was we'd wrap up baby Jesus to be opened on Christmas Eve as the greatest gift. <laughs> that is so awesome. Yeah. And then we would often take a family trip at Christmas. That was our family vacation just in order to exit the madness. We really focused on our family and going to church those days rather than all the hype. Right. So we have to do what is meaningful and what really brings you joy. If it doesn't bring you joy, and if it's not meaningful with the birth of Christ, get rid of it. Sometimes right. we have these traditions in, way too long, and yeah. they're insane, and they make us crazy. Right. So Delaney, um, you're a much younger mom, of course. What about Santa versus Jesus? How do you handle this, and how do you stay focused on Christ at Christmas? Yeah, the whole Santa versus Jesus thing is definitely something like I have like 
prayed through a lot. Like, I'm like, do I even tell him about, like, tell my kid about Santa? Like, it was definitely something that I kind of wrestled with. Um, But for me, it's like, as a mom, am I acting more excited about Santa, the Christmas tree, the decorating, the presents, than about Christ? Like, what am I displaying to my kid? What am I displaying to my two-year-old? And especially since my son is so young, such a tremendous part of his learning is through imitating adults. So it's like, I need to check what I am conveying to my son. And I think that this is so key and true for the person who doesn't have any kids is what are you conveying to others about what you think about Christmas? You know what I mean? Like, you're modeling. You, right. you have to model this. Yeah, yeah, even if you don't have kids, it's like, what are you displaying? Like, are you so overhyped about everything else? Or are you using this time to, I mean, not during Corona, we can't invite people into our homes, but being hospitable to others and really just like using this to share the gospel with them. So um, I'd like to say, like, by no means am I against Santa or, like, having my son watch Christmas movies or sit on Santa's lap in the mall or anything. Um, But I do feel like in our culture, Santa can have this super dangerous, like, God complex. Like, how many movies have you seen, Bev, where, like, the character, if the character in the movie believes in Santa hard enough, like, then they'll get everything they want? Yeah, the magic part of it. The Mm -hmm. magic or, like, how often have you seen, like, a movie or read a story where... Um, Santa is this like all-knowing character who fixes every problem and sees to ha- seems to have this like supernatural make everything perfect mentality. Like we see that so often, and I think that can be like dangerous. Where if I'm like teaching my son that if you believe in Santa hard enough, that like you're gonna get something. I think that's where it's like the line has been drawn for me. Yeah, like that's confusing. It's confusing because really the only person that is all-knowing, all you know, all-powerful is is God. So we just want to make sure that like we are giving our children, especially that right perspective and that right view of God and of Santa. Um, So I just think like as parents, we just need to be like cautious the way we like describe Santa. Um, I do make sure to like tell my son, like I kind of skip some of the qualities about Santa, like that he doesn't, I'm like, he doesn't know everything, but um, he, he, he gives you presents and come down the chimney. I mean, I kind of draw a line there a little bit, Yeah, you know, don't tell him like everything that like culture would say. And also just saying like Santa can't fix all your problems and like believing in Santa isn't going to solve anything or really do anything for you. Um, It's really just like a fun tradition and a fun thing for kids to do. So I just think like, let's be intentional about the way that we talk about Santa. Yeah. And another thing that you talked about too, Bev, is like that we just want to be cautious of is materialism. And my parents actually did the same thing where they limited the number of presents that we received as kids. And I think that that's partly why, you know, it's it's the budget, it's the um, the limiting so we don't go into excess and we keep the focus. And um, sometimes like an abundance of material possessions distracts you from how much you need Christ. Is that not so true? It just takes the focus right off of him. It totally does. The materialism again. I remember my parents counting over 100 presents under the tree and they were very proud of it. And I remember thinking it just didn't feel right. Yeah, it doesn't. It just it's distracting. You know, it just is distracting you. And so, like, let's just be mindful and, like, intentional and seek the Lord as you navigate Christmas with your family. Obviously, you don't need to do everything the way that, you know, we, me and Bev have done it. But, like, just be prayerful and intentional about it, I think, is so key. It is very key. So, 
You know, it's it's true. Someone has said that our souls need Christmas. We need to recapture the wonder of our faith, and it is an opportunity to grow in our faith, and we want that for ourselves maybe doing an Advent devotional or something where we're really growing and help our children, our families to grow. We, it's an opportunity to witness to, to family members if we are ever able to have them come back to our yeah. table. Um, how will you listeners focus your Christmas season on Christ? What preparations can we be making right now that's going to ensure that we don't lose focus? You know, Christmas is filled with opportunities to share Christ to grow ourselves, will you, with us, make a prayerful decision to make Christmas a holy time and not just a holiday? I love that. Delaney, would you pray for us? This is something we all need to be praying about. Yeah, we for sure do. Dear God, I pray that you will just keep us focused during this time. It is just, it's already easy enough to be distracted by the world and distracted by culture, but especially in this time where culture has tried to hijack a holiday that is celebrating Jesus, we need to stay focused. And so Holy Spirit, just enable us to do that and just give us more opportunities to serve others and to share the gospel and um, just to be a witness to our, our kids and our coworkers and everyone around us about what the true meaning of Christmas is. So we thank you so much for this time, God. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas, sisters. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Let's stay focused on what this is all about, which is Jesus. So thank you so much for listening. Join us in two Mondays on She is the